Emotion, any form of weakness, was not difficult once he'd set his mind to it. And he had. He slapped his evening gloves against his thigh, ignoring the sudden terror in the eyes of his child as her mother set her on the floor, shielding her from his approach. The car is waiting. You've made us late. Rachel turned one way before the full-length mirror in her hotel room, tilted her head, then turned the other. She loved green. But wearing it for the gala would have been fodder for yet another argument with her father. He'd insisted she wear royal blue in a style that would frame her face and set her eyes and hair to best advantage. Because the gala would honor him and his work, celebrating the eugenics research shared between the two countries and the world, he'd asserted that it was essential especially in these uncertain times, to appear their best and most gracious in every way. Rolling her eyes, she'd acquiesced. She had to admit that the deep color, draped neckline, and fluid silk did more for her than anything she owned. And because it was the color he'd chosen, her father had not balked at the outrageous price. She supposed it would come in handy for events in New York City, Maybe the opera house, or a first night at Radio City Music Hall. Rachel lifted her chin and straightened her spine. She didn't mind turning heads, and she wouldn't mind showing up Christine and Gerhard Schlick. She mightn't have cared if Christine had kept in touch. That's what hurt most, her sudden abandonment. She'd always known that Christine wanted a life, a husband, and family of her own, those were things girls told one another. And why not? Christine was a warm, intelligent, and beautiful woman in her own right. Rachel admitted, if only to herself, that she'd relegated her friend to the shadows too often, too long. Christine had been so quick to comfort Gerhardt's wounded pride five years ago when he'd stood in the Kramer's New York parlor, furious and unbelieving his marriage proposal rejected by 19-year-old Rachel. He'd married Christine to spite her. Of that, she was certain. But Christine had married him because she'd been swept off her feet, eager for her moment in the sun, her time to shine on distant German shores without Rachel to dim her reflection. If she regrets her choice now, well, what is that to me? Rachel! Her father knocked at her door. It's time. Coming, she called, pulling her light wrap over her shoulders and applying a last deliberate swipe of lipstick. She blotted, picked up the blue and silver silk purse dyed to match her shoes, and marched toward the arena. Jason Young checked his hat outside the lavish ballroom door, tightened the knot in his tie and squared his shoulders. He couldn't believe his luck. For two years, he'd tracked the elusive Dr. Rudolf Kramer through Cold Spring Harbor's Eugenics Research Association. Not once had the mad scientist, as Jason had dubbed him, been available for an interview on either side of the Atlantic, and Kramer visited Germany frequently. Not once had he returned the phone calls his secretary promised he would.
but that hadn't kept Jason from dishing up the dirt on the man's research and splattering it across news copy. Research Jason saw as inhumane, and with Germany's unchecked collusion and Hitler's sterilization campaign, inescapably criminal. But those obstacles were passed, because tonight he had a press pass to the gala, a legitimate opportunity to watch and record, word for word, everything the man and his cohorts said. If all went well, he'd get directly in Kramer's face before the clock struck midnight. Jason wasn't about to miss this flying saucer to stardom. Watch out, Pulitzer, here I come, he whispered. Hold on, hotshot. Darren Peterson laid a hand on his colleague's shoulder, gently pushing him toward a linen-covered table with a direct view of Rudolf Kramer and his stunning daughter. All things in time, let the man get comfortable.